Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. So we're focused on measures today, specifically in sales. What measures are important to achieve sales success? Have you ever heard the saying, what gets measured is what gets done? Actually, there's a lot of truth in that statement. A little spoiler alert for you. There are really three measures we're going to focus on today. Number one, matching sales candidates to the sales position. Number two, growing and empowering salespeople. And number three, measuring sales efforts and results. It may seem a little odd that you would look at matching sales candidates to a sales position as measures. And it may seem a little odd that you would think about measuring developmental progress, but those are so critical to building the foundation that's necessary for sales success because sales is always going to be one person working with another person or group of people to make a sale. Otherwise, it's just order taking. Hiring the right people for sales success. Let's start there. That's that's number one of the three different types of measures we're looking at. Again, it may seem strange to think about it that way, but with the available assessments that we have today, and with someone who's a certified professional in a variety of assessments like myself, we can put together a very good package of assessments based on a profile to hire to that can become highly predictive of success in the hiring process. And that's what's important. Hiring right is a huge step in the right direction in getting enhanced sales results or better sales outcomes. The one thing you can measure, if you could only measure one thing, and I don't recommend that. If you're going to do pre-hire assessments, my recommendation is you always use a minimum of two assessments or more. And there are liability reasons for that and a variety of other reasons that I won't go into right now. But and make sure if you're using assessments that you're following the rules and regulations and guidelines in your geography. That's important as well. Oh, and by the way, follow your organizational procedures too. That's <laughs> probably a good idea. Though, If you could only measure one thing, though, what would it be? And I'm going to tell you it's EQ. It's emotional intelligence. EQ is two to four times more predictive of success than IQ. There was a case study done by Six Seconds a few years ago with a pharmaceutical company. And here's what they found. They were able in this study, in this project, to increase EQ scores by a mean of 18%. 
And it doesn't take a lot to do that. EQ is a set of skills that can be rapidly developed, grown, practiced, and can enhance EQ capabilities fairly quickly. An 18% increase increased overall sales revenues by an average of 12%. That's a lot of percentages. What does that mean? Think about taking an entire sales force and increasing their average sales revenue by 12%. What would that do for you? What would it do for your organization? A lot. So many times, sales managers, senior leaders focus on top salespeople. How do we get more top salespeople? And they miss a key opportunity. We all want top salespeople in our organizations. There's no doubt about that. But what if you manage to the middle as well? What if you were to enhance the sales of your average sales performer, which there's going to be a lot more of those than there will be top performers? What if you could increase their sales by 12%? What would that do? I know from 30 plus years of consulting, using psychometric tools, developing measures and metrics and developing compensation plans and incentive plans, that kind of increase, most of that drops to the bottom line. Do you know why? because your expenses are already taken care of. You're already paying for the resources, for the people, for all of that. A 12% increase in sales will drop a lot of that increase right to the bottom line, right to profit. And that is a really good thing. It allows organizations to invest in new opportunities, in new training, in new equipment. I mean, it can really make a difference. And that is just one of many studies that have been done that show emotional intelligence as being the most predictive of success and especially success in sales. So having used the tools of psychology for more than 30 years, I still found something missing. And you know where this is going, I'm sure. It's in the realm of emotional intelligence. Honestly, I looked for a long, long time to find a sales assessment that could be used in pre-hire assessment packages, but also could be used to develop salespeople based in emotional intelligence, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I ended up creating it myself, but I didn't do it by myself. I want to give credit where credit is due. I work very closely with the largest emotional intelligence community in the world, Six Seconds, uh, the number six seconds.org if you want to check them out. And I also took a year and studied 30-3-0 of the top sales gurus from around the world to really identify what they thought were the critical success factors when it comes to sales. 
out of that process and two years of development, I came up with the EQ Fit sales profile that has eight success factors. And it is truly a measure of how someone is showing up to influence others. How much time, how much focus, how much energy are they putting into these different success factors? And is it the right mix? And from the measure of those success factors, which by the way, all of this is based directly on probably the most highly used and highly validated emotional intelligence assessment in the world, the SEI, S-E-I, assessment by six seconds. I have utilized that assessment literally thousands of times, and I'm just one person. I know there are hundreds and hundreds of EQ practitioners like myself that have used that assessment extensively. So it's a well-validated assessment. And what has come out of that is a real-time measure that is very helpful in hiring right and also in developing people. When we think about a sales assessment report and what, what are we measuring, we need to measure what's important. That's the whole theme of, of this episode today. Are we measuring what's important? Are we getting to the heart of what will help a salesperson be more successful? So think of it this way. Emotional intelligence is the ability to prepare your mind to navigate the complex emotional environment that we experience every day. So it's creating the right mindset, but not in a fake or false way. This is not a name it and claim it kind of thing or, or just fake it till you make it. It's not any of that. It is literally developing strengths and skills in how to better navigate the emotional complexity around us and the different personality types, the different buying drivers, different buyers have different emotional drivers that are pushing them to buy something. And if we can't identify those, we can't make a good sale. It's very difficult if we don't address the emotional drivers. Okay. More on all of this in next week's episode as we get more into the EQ Fit sales methodology and what does it mean. The beauty of it, it can be used with any kind of sales training. It doesn't replace anything. It magnifies success. It enhances and accelerates success. So with all of this in mind and the creation of this emotional intelligence-based assessment, Where do we go from here? Just by thinking about being able to create a more agile and resilient mindset for the salesperson, we need to next move to how do we leverage that as we think about What should we measure in sales? So we've talked about the hiring process. We've also touched on developing and equipping salespeople. And this tool has proven far more effective than I thought it ever would in helping salespeople 
develop their own emotional intelligence skills so they can have a better and stronger, more agile, more resilient mindset. Understand what their sales style is. Understand how to apply the eight different success factors in selling. And this has become a true developmental pathway for many, many salespeople. And it's what most sales training leaves out. But that isn't all there is when we talk about measures. We have to think about measuring actual sales measures. And I wanted to start this episode talking about something you might not think about when we talk about measuring what matters in sales. Now I want to talk about what you probably thought when you started with this episode or when you looked at the title, Measuring What Matters in Sales. Let me start with a story, and I think this story will help us to really focus in on on what's going on with a lot of organizations. So kind of join me on this journey as, as we're walking in as a consultant. I was on the front end of a consulting engagement with an organization where sales success had become minimal, just kind of gone away over time. They had invested a lot of time, energy, and resources into sales training, into a new CRM system, into marketing in different ways. Nothing seemed to increase their actual sales results. So I was asking questions of the sales team and the, sa- and the leaders in the organization, but I like to do that individually first and then get them together as a team and go over my findings. So I'm in individual interviews. Here's the question that I ask every one of those people. What measures do you use to see if you're successful in your sales efforts? These are the different responses I receive. We measure dollars received from a client. That came from the sales manager. We measure profit. That came from the CEO owner of the organization. We measure conversion ratio from leads to sales. That was from their top salesperson. We measure how many emails go out to prospects. That was from a below average sales performer. We measure how many prospects are in our pipeline. That came from an average sales performer. Well, let me ask you, what's the problem here? I think you probably already figured it out. If you're like me, I'm thinking nobody has the same measure. Nobody's measuring the same thing. It means there's no alignment on what measures are truly important. It's been left up to the individual to decide what's important, and sometimes that goes awry pretty quickly. So how can you ever achieve a strategic goal that way? And really, the answer is you can't. Where do we go with this story? Well, let's look deeper into what was behind all of this. Before we do that, though, let me set the foundation for measures when it comes to actual measures of sales efforts. 
And this is from, I've been in sales my whole life, 40 plus years, and I've learned a lot of things. I've, I read all the time. I am not the fount of all wisdom, and I know that. I know there are many, many other people out there that have learned lessons, and I want to learn from them. So I've spent a great deal of my life learning, growing, and that has allowed me to be a better consultant, a better coach, a better trainer. Measures need to be consistent, and they need to be based on what is truly important. Even if the measures that are used are not exactly right, if they're consistent and they're the primary focus of all stakeholders, you have a much better chance to achieve some level of success. Taking the time to think through what good measures are is really important. And the first step in that is how do we increase sales performance? So that's the question that we were thinking about with this client, this organization. What can we do with them that will really help them get in alignment and get focused? And I kind of have a list. Well, I don't kind of. I do have a list of things that I look at as far as what is a good measure. Good measures and metrics should have the following elements. Number one, they must be truly important to achieve the desired results. Number two, they must be absolutely clear to everybody. Number three, they must be achievable, but it's okay to put some stretch in there. If they're so far out of line, nobody's going to try. So they must be achievable, but some stretch is okay. Number four, people must understand what the measure is, what it means, and how to reach it. If they don't know how to achieve it or accomplish that measure, you're defeated before you start. So people need to understand what the measure is, what it means, and that means is very important. It's the why behind the measure. Why are we even measuring this? If it doesn't mean anything, why do we measure it? Number five, people must be equipped, trained, and supported to accomplish the measures and metrics. And number six, the measures and metrics should be accessible to everyone who is responsible to achieve them. This is what I call easily accessible visual management, where anybody can go in and look at the measures at any time to get an idea of where they are, where their team is. There may be more than that. There may be more things that you would put in that list, but I think that's a really good start. Measures also need to be set in the right time frame. And let me explain what I mean by that. If you go back and look at the answers I got when I asked that question, you know, what do you measure to measure sales success and got all those different answers, Notice that most of the answers I received from my clients' team members were lag indicators. They were backward-looking results. So basically, think of looking in the rearview mirror. Oh, and what are those things? Annual or quarterly sales numbers, 
maybe it's this year's sales compared to last year's sales, uh, profit numbers. Profit always happens after a process of going through the books and figuring things out and all of that. Now, there's nothing wrong with lag indicators, but you can't change something in the past. You can change something now for the future, but lag indicators tell you where you've been and what you did. They don't allow you to adapt or innovate or change things now to have a better income and impact down the road. Here's a quote that I use a lot, and it's my quote, but the right activity will lead to the right productivity. Now, the key word there is right. There's a lot involved in what that word means in this context. I know I probably developed that that quote out of many different things I've learned over the years from many different sales experts. In my experience, though, this statement has proven to be true far more often than not. So let's go back to our story. Let's talk about where they were. Remember all the different answers to my question, what do you measure uh, to kind of track sales success? Well, after working with them for a while, for a few weeks, I was able to present a report to them on how to increase their sales. I'm not going to go through that entire report, but let me tell you where I started with that report. It started with a simple breakdown of what it currently took to make a sale. And many of you probably already know this, but uh, this is what I have found. The right activity leads to the right productivity or the right results. So here are some numbers that I was able to determine from the data that they gave me. It took them three leads to get a positive interaction phone call where they could have a good conversation with a potential prospect. So three leads per phone call. Three phone calls to set up one appointment. Eleven and a half appointments to get a sale. And their average sale was $57,000. Now all of those numbers are averages. But you need to know what that looks like so you can understand where to build on. These are actual levers you can pull. And this began a great conversation around what activity should be enhanced to gain better sales results. These are things you can hang your hat on, things that are tangible. We can change this. We can make more phone calls. We can get more leads. We can get more appointments. We can, there are so many things that can be taken out of an analysis of the numbers. Now, I don't believe that numbers are the only part of the story. Obviously, sales is one person to another person. And there's a whole list of things we'll go through in the future focused on how to leverage emotional intelligence, neuroscience, my sales experience, your sales experience, other people's sales experience to get the very best outcomes. 
But for right now, this set of numbers became the foundation to help set expectations for salespeople. So you can actually start to build KPIs, key performance indicators, right out of the numbers we were looking at. If you want greater sales, then let's increase some of those numbers. Which ones are the most important? Let's look at it. Let's see what we can do to leverage what we see in that good data. Just a little note here. The first three numbers were lead indicators that I just mentioned to you. What are those things? Three leads to get a phone call, three phone calls to get an appointment, 11 and a half appointments to get a sale. And by the way, that 11 and a half appointments is not with the same person. That was just an average of how many appointments it took to get one sale. Simply number of total appointments in a year divided by number of sales. So it was very clear what that number was. That's important. The more we can focus on lead indicators, things that we measure that will help us stay on track and give us a chance to innovate or change something if we need to adapt to the environment. So many organizations right now are stuck in old models, especially in sales. They're stuck in old models that are not working in the new complex world we live in. And it's important to know that, and it's important to do something about that. Let's connect the dots. If we determine the most important measures for sales success, the measures that truly matter, we can then create a culture of accountability where people can achieve their very best results based on what we know is important to measure and track. So to do this, we got to consider a few things. What are important measures for hiring the right salespeople? What measures can we use to develop and grow our salespeople to become more effective, more successful? And what measures are the most important to achieve the sales success that we want? If you want more information on the EQFIT sales approach, feel free to check out our website, eqfit.org. Stay tuned for more on driving sales success through emotional intelligence. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQFIT. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior and performance in the workplace. We also love hearing your suggestions and ideas. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at info at gscfit.com. For more information and inspiration, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and of course our website, eqfit.org.